Hey Church, I believe God has got something incredible to say to us today, but before we get into that, I just really got a sense from God that he was in impressing on us the importance of family. Not just in the, in the natural sense, but in the spiritual supporting one another, looking out for each other. And so I just want to encourage you right at the beginning today to reach out to someone this week. Reach out to uh, to be family to one another. Check in on someone, send them a message, buy them a brownie, whatever it is. I just encourage you to go out of your way to do something this week to let someone know that you care, to be family to, uh, to those around you. I think it's just encouraging, isn't it, to do that. So I just wanted to put that out there at the very beginning um, and, and encourage you in that. As always, if you've got any prayer requests, we would love to pray for you. So send a message to your life group leader or drop us an email on our website. We would love to pray for you. And don't forget, you can get involved in the chat as well. Let us know what's going on. Say hello, drop in an amen or some prayer hands, whatever it is. Um, just get involved. It'd be great to uh, just kind of build that community sense uh, like we do. That's great. So last week, we kicked off a brand new series, Everyday Supernatural, based on this incredible book by Mike Pilavachi and Andy Croft, from Soul Survivor, I encourage you to go out and get hold of a copy of that book and read it. We're going to preach through some of the themes from the book. And, uh, you know, we believe that God gave us his Holy Spirit. And because the Spirit lives in us as believers, we should be walking and we should be operating in God's power. You know, most of us believe in God's power, but I think not many of us are, are seeing evidence of the supernatural gifts in our everyday lives. And so in this series, what we're doing is we're asking ourselves the question, what's missing? What's missing? What is the reason that we don't see the supernatural happening every day? Miracles, healing, all that kind of stuff. We want to see more of that, don't we? Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives within us. God within us through his spirit and we should expect we should expect to see his power at work in and through our lives and so we're spending the next few weeks just digging into this to learning together to rely on the holy spirit and as we journey this together we'll see that relying on the spirit isn't weird and it isn't just for certain people, but actually it's for anyone who wants to know God more fully. It's available to anyone who wants to know God more fully. And, and so in doing that, we can make every day naturally supernatural. Does that sound good? So we're preaching through this series on Sundays and then on Wednesdays, we are giving it a go. We're putting it into practice. We're spending some time just waiting on the Holy Spirit and seeing what happens when he shows up. So, you know, last week, last Wednesday, it was great to, you know, spend some time catching up with our, you know, church family and just being family in that sense. We had some discussion around last week's message, the powers in the presence. And then we just spent some time in God's presence. There is absolutely no greater place to be. 
And the incredible thing is that he spoke to many of us on Wednesday night. And so I'd encourage you, join in Wednesday, 7.30pm on Zoom. Drop us a message, we'll give you the link. It would be great to see you there, to get together and to practice being in the presence and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit at work. So last week we talked about how the power is in the presence. This idea of the, the almost the simplicity of understanding that actually our focus is not on seeing power from God, but seeking relationship with God. And you know, getting that revelation of his glory, his goodness, his mercy, and his compassion. And then we ended the message last week with this declaration that God is no longer living in a tabernacle or in a temple, but that he is now living within us as believers. He's living within us through his Holy Spirit. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, do you not know that you are God's temple? You are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you. To become a Christian isn't to uh, give us a, an extra box to tick when we're filling in a form. It's to enter into a relationship with the living God. And as we do that, the living God then pours his spirit into us. And so this week we want to follow on from that idea. And we're talking about living a spirit-led life, aren't we? But before we go any further into this message, I just want to take a little bit of time to ground us in some scripture to recognise the importance of what this all means. If we're to be effective as believers in Christ, to walk in all that God has called us to be here on earth, then we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because even Jesus needed to be filled with the Spirit. You know, apart from John the Baptist, as we read in Luke, no one is born filled with the Spirit. Not even Jesus. Jesus was born of the Spirit. If I can put it this way, God impregnated Mary by his Holy Spirit to then create Jesus, God in human form. Jesus was born of the Spirit, but he wasn't filmed with the Spirit. It wasn't until his baptism do we see he has this distinct experience of the Holy Spirit as he rose up out of the waters of baptism and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And then after that moment, Luke says, full of the Spirit, now full of the Spirit, Jesus left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The truth that Luke is setting out here is that Jesus needed that experience. Jesus needed that filling of the Holy Spirit in order to then go about and do what he was put on this earth to do. Jesus needed it and so do we. Now you may have to do some wrestling here as we quickly try to grasp hold of some theological concepts so Jesus was 
fully God, but he was also fully human. And the reality is that he didn't perform miracles on earth as God. He didn't perform miracles as God. He chose to put aside his godliness and instead to live out his life as a human being, fully human, like you, like me, filmed with the power of the Spirit. He did nothing supernatural, no miracles, no healings, nothing until he had been baptized and filled with the Spirit. Jesus, God in flesh, needed a distinct experience of the Holy Spirit in order to function in the way that God wanted him to here on earth. And so to me, what that's saying is that Jesus is modelling something to the church, to us, that we need the same. We need this filling of the Holy Spirit in order to fulfil his purposes. And so then there are some questions around baptism of the Spirit. Is, is water baptism the same as baptism of the Spirit? Are they separate events? Are they a, is it a one-time thing or is it a recurring event? We need to kind of wrestle and, and make some sense of all of this. But, but just before we get into that, uh, another interesting point to note here is that Luke he prefers to use the phrase, be filled with the Spirit, rather than baptised in the Spirit. Be filled. There are references to being baptised in the Spirit, even in Luke. You know, in fact, just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait as the gift was to come. And he then goes on to say, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So there's these references to baptism in the Spirit, but Luke, he prefers the phrase be filled with the Spirit. I just thought that was an interesting thought. I'm throwing that in there free of charge. And so at the beginning of Luke's gospel, he's laying down this theology or this pneumatology, study of the spirit, in order to help us grasp this one very important truth. Jesus needed to be filled with the spirit in order to complete his mission here on earth. And the language that Luke uses really helps to make this clear. At, at the baptism of Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. He was then full of the Holy Spirit, and after this, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then a little later on, after his time in the wilderness, he returned to Galilee, it says, in the power of the Spirit. So this language here that Luke uses is very interesting and, and it's also good to note that on returning in the power of the Spirit, Jesus then goes into uh, the synagogue and he reads a portion of scripture from Isaiah 61. He's handed this scroll and he flips to the, the right portion of scripture and he, he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So returning full of the Spirit, this is the portion of Scripture that Jesus chooses to read in the synagogue. And what he's saying is that now, full of the Spirit, this is my mission here on earth. And then he gets on with it and he starts to heal the sick and free those in bondage and raise the dead. He's working, bringing the kingdom, as we talked about in our last series, by the power of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And so what Luke is doing here is right at the very beginning, everything that we need to understand that from this moment on, everything Jesus did, he did not because he was God, although he was God, but because he was human, filled with the Holy Spirit, because he was fully and totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus needed that, then we need it too. So what God's saying to us today is, get your tank full. Get your tank full. If we want to live an everyday supernatural life, we need to get our spirit tanks full. And to understand how how we do that, let's turn to uh, Luke chapter 11 and just read Uh, a few verses here, starting at verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend? Will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Don't bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, it says in verse 9, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened what father among you if he, if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So with the time that we've got left, I just, want to, I just want to quickly look at three points to help us with this idea of getting our tanks full, getting our spiritual, our spirit tanks full. If you're sitting with someone today, why don't you look at them and say, get your tank full. Okay, so this is the first point. Accept the gift. We need to accept the gift. 
Peter says in Acts that we need to repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And he goes on, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Just like our salvation, our forgiveness, the Holy Spirit is a gift that God wants to give to us freely. It's not something that we earn. The amount of power that we get from the Spirit doesn't, uh, isn't based on our qualities or our achievements or anything that we could ever do. As uh, Wayne and Garth say, we're not worthy, we're not worthy. Only Jesus is worthy. But you see, the power of the cross gives us two gifts. Forgiveness of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. We simply need to accept the gift. Accept the gift. In the Old Testament, the the Spirit was given to a few individuals, to some prophets, priests, and kings. But then in the New Testament, we see this this fresh outpouring of the Spirit, and, and it's the cross that makes that possible. The gift is now available to all who call Jesus Lord and Saviour of their lives. The price has been paid, not just for our forgiveness, but also for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, I think some of us are guilty of uh, of accepting our forgiveness, but then forgetting, or maybe not even realising that we need to also accept the gift of the Holy Spirit as well. So we need to accept the gift. But we also, my second point, is that we need to ask for the gift. We need to ask for it. I believe that we we receive the gift of the Spirit at the point of our salvation. When we, when we say sorry to God for our sins and we make a, a commitment to walk uh, in His plans and purposes for our lives, I believe that in that moment, the Holy Spirit is imparted to us. In fact, no one can declare and believe that Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. As believers, we have the Spirit, but we we can also be filled with the Spirit. And that's what I mean when I say we should ask for the gift. We need to accept the gift, but we also need to ask for the gift. We saw in that that passage in Luke 11 that Jesus tells us to ask, to seek, and to knock. It's coming up to Christmas. You've already started seeing decorations going up, although that's a bit early for my liking, and, and Christmas treats and things in the shops, only 54 sleeps to go and, and at Christmas time many of us love to to give gifts. It's a great way of showing someone just how much we love them. And it's great to receive gifts too, isn't it? Sometimes. I don't know what your poker face is like when you open that fourth pair of socks or that, that hand-knitted jumper that you really didn't ask for. But the the face, the absolute joy that fills uh, a child or or anyone really who opens that gift that they they really, really wanted, that they eagerly desired. Ah, it's so good, isn't it? 
You know, there's a certain satisfaction in giving someone something you know they really want, isn't there? Which is why I can't wait to open the living room door on Christmas Day and be greeted with the joyous, bouncing puppy that I have wanted for so long. Maybe one year. I'm going to keep on hoping and keep on praying. But God wants to give us this gift of the Holy Spirit and he wants us to eagerly desire it, it says. Which is why he tells us to ask, to seek and to knock. There is no secret formula, there's no magic words to say, we just need to pray. We just need to ask God. If I were to say that there were two keys to note here, it would be repentance and persistence. Repentance and persistence. You see, Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, as we've already read, repent and be baptised. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptised. You see, we're not earning the Spirit in doing this. We're just, we're just showing God that we're serious. We're showing him that we're serious. I'm, I'm sorry for, for what I've done wrong. Please forgive me. Help me in my journey as I try to walk in the way that you call me to live. We need to repent and mean it. We need to ask for forgiveness. But we also need to be persistent. Like the friend from our parable in Luke uh, 11, in verse 8, it says, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, his impatience, his audacity, his cheekiness, his persistence. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. We're not seeking power, we're seeking relationship. And the good thing is we don't need to be timid in approaching God for the Spirit. It's a gift that he has promised is available to us. We simply need to ask, ask, knock, seek, continue to pursue this gift. Don't give up. Be persistent. Get, get your tank full. Don't stop asking until your tank is full. And if you feel it draining out again, ask God again. We need to accept the gift. We need to ask for the gift. And we also need to trust the giver. It's one thing to accept the gift and to ask God for the gift. But in order to begin to live out this, this everyday supernatural life, we need to trust him. We need to trust the giver. And that can be a hard thing for some of us to do. Mike and Andy suggest that there are two stumbling blocks to, to receiving the spirit. The first is a fear of surrendering to God. And the second is an unbelief that he actually wants to give us the spirit. So firstly, this idea of, of surrender, it's, I don't know, it's an interesting one, you know, because even Jesus surrendered to God, didn't he? He only did what he saw his father doing. And he also surrendered to the, the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We've already read, haven't we? He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. 
there's an act here of submission of Jesus to the Spirit, of surrendering, of, of handing over control. Did you know that the, the Bible in its entirety has been translated into something like 670 different languages? And in this, uh, this remote area of China, the translators got stuck when they realised that the, lang- the language that they were translating into had no words for the Holy Spirit. And so after a lot of thought, they decided that the best description they could give using the language that was available to them was resident boss. Resident boss. So for a while in this remote part of China, the Trinity was known as father, son and resident boss. How cool is that? You see, the Holy Spirit lives in us and we need to give him control. We need to hand over control of our lives and allow him to lead us into his will and his purpose in our lives. We've already said we're not pursuing uh, power, we're pursuing relationship. And and having the spirit uh, power in us doesn't mean that we can go about using it for our own purposes. It's not that we're, we're getting more of the spirit so that we can use him for our will. It's that he, the spirit, is getting more of us so that he can use us for his will. He's in control. He's taking the lead. He's in charge. He is our resident boss. And if you're in any doubt about handing over control, about surrendering to God and and trusting our resident boss, then just look at this encouragement that Jesus is giving us in this scripture today. What father among you, who if his son asked for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We need to overcome this fear of surrendering to God, but but also to, to, to break off the unbelief that he wants that he doesn't want to give us the spirit. We need to break that off because I think that there can be a doubt in some of our minds and and hearts that say the Holy Spirit is not for me. Maybe we're looking around and seeing everyone else experiencing the spirit, but we're not feeling it ourselves. What's wrong with me? And so we need to replace this spirit of doubt and unbelief with a spirit of faith and a spirit of expectancy and I tell you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened there's no question it's a promise He repeats it, what, six times in these two verses. He will give us the gift of the Spirit if we ask, if we seek, 
If we knock, he will give it to us. It's a promise. You know, my boys love to play hide and seek. And when it's my turn to, uh, to seek, I know that I am going to find them quickly. You know, I'll get to the end of my counting. Eight, nine, ten. Ready or not, here I come. And then, and then I go about my searching and I'm quite audible, letting them know what I'm doing. Are they under the table? Are they behind the door? Are they in the living room? Where could they be? And, and before long, without a doubt, I can guarantee that they will start to make some noises. <coughs> a little giggle from behind a door or, or behind a curtain or wherever it is. They want me to know where they're hiding so that I will definitely find them. And God is a little bit like my boys. He's told us that we should seek him, but he absolutely and definitely wants to be found. And so he makes it really clear to us. In Jeremiah 29, we're told, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. There's this absolute certainty here, isn't there? We don't need to fear that God won't give us his spirit or that he'll skip over us and move on to the next person because he doesn't think we look right or deserve it or we're not suitable or whatever. His spirit is a gift paid for in full and available for all who ask for it. So don't be shy in approaching God. Don't be timid. Ask, seek, knock and get your tank full. Why don't we pray? So Father God, we thank you for this promise that you have this gift of the Spirit, not just forgiveness that was bought by the cross, but the gift of your Spirit that was paid for in full. And so Father God, we, we just pray for you once again to fill us with your Spirit, to fill us, to get our tanks full so that we, we feel the presence of you close to us, that we, we can feel the confidence and the boldness to walk in the power of your spirit, not for our own purposes, but to bring glory to your name, to advance your kingdom in our world, in our context. And so, Father God, we say more, Lord, more of your spirit in our lives. Move in. Take control, become that, that resident boss within us, God, so that, so that we can trust in you, that we can rely on you to lead us, to guide us and to take us into a future that we could only dream of. Father God, I thank you for this, uh, this excitement of this journey of doing life with you. And we thank you that as we go through pursuing this, uh, this understanding of the simplicity of living, an everyday supernatural life that we won't be shocked when you show up. We won't be shocked when your power begins to move around us, but we will begin to expect you to move, that we will expect you to show up. And so God, we thank you that this is a promise, that there's no fear or doubt in our minds, that you will give us your spirit if we ask, if we seek, if we knock. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.
We hope you have a great week.